Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. This is the Grit and Barrett podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Calder Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, everyone. It is Monday, September 26th, and it is the first weekend of hockey. Preseason. First weekend of hockey, everyone. You made it through the long slog of summer. It's finally here. Real NHL action preseason is here for, for all of you. And even though the American Hockey League is probably still another week or two away, and we will get to Capitals training camp and games and recaps at a later date, everyone. But first, we got to take a look around at what we got. And to do that, I brought in Corey Schwartz from Bears Hockey Nation and Field Pass Hockey as well. He covers the Bears, Wilkes-Barre Scranton, sometimes Springfield Thunderboids on with me as well. Corey, can you feel it in the air? Hockey's returning to us. All is right with the world. Uh, you took, you beat me to it. All is right with the world. Honestly, we got some hockey going on, and you know, it won't be too long before we're back in our seats at Giant Center for uh, some more, you know, American Hockey League action. I'm excited. Oh yes, oh yes. The fall stuff has started at her at Hershey Park. Hershey Cubs got underway this past weekend. Good luck to you, boys, down there in uh, checks notes. Florida. Uh-oh. Um, but no, I kid, I kid, I kid. You know, they'll 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 be fine. They're off doing like a beginning of the season tournament thing. So it's their season opener, even though technically they'll play more regular games um in two weeks when they come to the old barn to play as well. But to get to where we go, we gotta see where the division is right now. And this is your 2022 Atlantic division preview as we take a look around and see how everybody did throughout the summer now just so everybody knows before me and Corey get started we're doing this in alphabetical order we'd like to start with Hershey we'd like to start with Springfield but we're not this will be easier to go through and the site where I'm getting stats from lists everybody in alphabetical order plus it's my podcast (laughs) so let's get things under underway Corey you ready Ready, willing. All right. Ready, willing, and Mabel. Let's do this. We start as we go to Bridgeport, Connecticut to take on. As we see the Bridgeport Islanders, they're still the Sound Tigers to me. Darn it. They are still the Sound Tigers to me. As we take a look at the Bridgeport Islanders, they finished last year getting bounced in the first, well, First round, can we kind of call it that? They got bounced by the uh, the Charlotte Checkers, I believe, um, after de- defeating the Providence Bruins in a best of you who don't like that. That's probably the majority of people here. That system's sticking around, so we're going to have that to deal with this year. But Bridgeport got in. Uh, they beat Providence and then got beaten by the Charlotte Checkers. So the Bridgeport Islanders over the um, over the summer made some moves, kind of, sort of, uh, a little bit. They have a lot of guys do do returning th- this year. Cole Bardrow, Andy Andreoff is returning as well. Jeffrey Kubiak, not related any in any way to Larry Kubiak. For those of you who get that reference, I love you. Um, scorer and overall pain in the butt. Chris Terry is sticking sticking with them all on the forward side. 
Defensively forward Paul Ledoux still with them at the crisp age of 30. Connor McCarthy and Parker Watherspoon, not Weatherspoon, Watherspoon still with them as well. As, as well on, hold on here just a second. As well as uh, Vincent Savarji, he says. Um, Henrik Takahinen from Sweden, and Ryan McKinnon, former Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, come over as well. Um, Cole Koski ended up leaving and going to the Kansas City Mavericks over the summer. So, yes, checking notes, the the Charlotte Checkers did bounce them in the first round there uh, last year. Uh, Goaltender-wise, the Islanders um, still have Corey Schneider at the age of 36. Keep getting them checks, Corey. Ken Appleby is with them, former uh, Devils player as well, and a few young guys in the pipeline as well. So it seems like Bridgeport's going to be rolling out a lot of the same roster from from last year. Is that what we can expect, more of the same? It kind of seems to be that way, really. I mean, you know, they're not going to be a team that's a pushover by any stretch. I mean, we saw, you know, I'm sure the Providence Bruins remember that pretty well from getting bounced in two games in overtime in that best of three series uh, that, you know, Bridgeport's not a team to be taken lightly. They're strong defensively. And, you know, any team that has Chris Terry on their lineup, you know, in my opinion, is always going to be an offensive threat. And, you know, they, they really just have a motley crew yeah. of guys that, you know, are just from around different, you know, they've been around and they've all kind of settled in Bridgeport. You know, they're they're just one of those teams, you know, they probably won't finish any higher than they did last season, I'd imagine. But, you know, they have the ability to be a pain in the butt type of thing. So, you know, if you see that obstinate team that, you know, squeaked into the playoffs and, you know, even gave Charlotte a run for their money, they'll still be a thorn in the side for teams in the Atlantic. That's for sure. Yeah. A few other returns for Bridgeport this year. Uh, Kyle McLean, Seth Helgeson, very underrated player and South and Seth Helgeson and Eric Brown coming back as well. Player, um, players that left i actually misspoke jeffrey kubiak actually might be getting some time with the islanders this year but he was still he's still listed on their roster for what for uh for whatever reason and like i said cole koski going to the kansas city mavericks they did have some college kids coming in as well um and i also mentioned the other players that are coming back as well you know bridgeport really does embody that spirit of those pesky islanders a team that's not great but definitely good and in this bloated playoff where six out of the eight teams are going to get in um i think bridgeport's definitely like a playoff team and um i wouldn't want to play them in in the uh, in the first round just ask providence exactly that's the big thing is that you know it makes i think teams like bridgeport really emphasize the value that the one and two spots have in this new format whereas you know before it was just home ice now it's you know you don't have to worry about throwing a stinker and, you know, having one bad game almost seal your fate possibly in a playoff series. And, you know, the Bears kind of, you know, dealt with that last mm-hmm. season too, where they played Wilkes-Barre and, you know, gave up a bad game. And, you know, although they came back and won, it makes it an uphill battle and, you know, makes the teams that finish first and second, you know, that rest and that, you know, ability to miss out on that, quick playoff series it's it's huge it's really going to be huge and teams like bridgeport exemplify why it's huge exactly and i i i remember what uh patrick williams uh said when he was covering these play-in rounds it was really hard to gauge like which teams were dominant or good or for lack of better words the right team won because it's it's, it's three games it's a best of three two bad bounces and you're done like there, there, there is the room of error is so, so small in a best of three, and some say even the best of five as well. So, um, so yeah, Bridgeport's going to be tough as well. So moving on, we go south down I ninety five to Charlotte, North Carolina for the Charlotte Checkers Farm Club, just solely now of the Florida Panthers, and. This team just has seemed to really own the Bears the past couple of years. And they had some really good talent on their lineup last year, but I think a lot, uh, most of that could have been from Seattle as well. Um, 
So, guys that they do have coming back, at least on the uh, the forward front um, as well, Zach Delpy, the old man of the group as well, former Hershey Bear returning. He'll probably keep the captaincy around as well. Uh, Letsky um, Hapatiemi is going to be back um, as well. Um, Riley Nash, a really good veteran signing, could really help boost this team's offense as well. And uh, Patrick Gillies is there as well. Gary Mayhew, a signing from Wilkes-Barre, from Wilkes-Barre, uh, from, from uh, Lehigh, who had a decent season on sort of a bad team with the, uh, with the Phantoms uh, last year. Um, some other notable names uh, come uh, coming in as well. Um, Ethan Kepinen, uh coming up from the from uh, the juniors. Cam Morrison from the Chicago Blackhawks as well. Scott Wilson has moved on to uh, to Europe. Uh, Patrick Gillies might get time with the Florida Panthers uh, this year. And Justin Nabaker went off to the Ontario Reign. So definitely this. Um, we're going to see just how good the Florida Panthers pipeline is this year. But um, I just want to say, I don't think this team might be as good as last year. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to gauge at this point. You know, like you said, there's a lot of bubble players. You know, Florida's pipeline historically hasn't been that great. I'm sure the folks up in Springfield can probably, you know, attest to that a little bit after being affiliated with them for a couple of years but, you know, you have to wonder, you know, Charlotte has the ability to, you know, really make something a nothing sometimes. You know, obviously they've been kind of, you know, trending down since, you know, losing that goaded affiliation with the Carolina Hurricanes that, you know, helped result in, you know, the Chicago Wolves winning the Calder Cup in, in their stead this time around, you know, essentially the back-to-back type of thing. But, you know, you can't uh, ever take players like Zach Delpy and, you know, some of the you know, folks, they have their lightly by any stretch. And, you know, will they be quite as good as they were? Maybe not. But, you know, you had to figure it's coming for them eventually. And, you know, like I said, it's it's definitely, you know, it reminds me a little bit of Bridgeport in a sense where they have some quality players. You know, Jerry Mayhew, you know, went up to Philadelphia and stayed with Philadelphia for a good chunk of last season, yeah. only to be lost on the waiver wire, if, I, if memory serves me on that front there as well. Um, so, you know, got some guys there that are quality AHL scores. You know, I don't expect them to, you know, necessarily have those guys that propel them to the greatness of 2019, um, you know, which may result in them having a, you know, little lesser lease on life in a sense, maybe, you know, in a playoff series, especially, but uh, you know, don't ever take them lightly. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm checking out on the defensive side. Um, you know, they, they, they have only like one real veteran there, Anthony Benito, um, everyone else is just a lot of like um, international and lower signings. A lot of like twenty-two and twenty-three year olds um, as well. Um, on the on goaltending, they brought in. Can't believe I'm saying this. Calder Cup champion Alex Lyon as as well. Um, Cameron Johnson um, in as well. And probably a really too young to really do anything. Matt Gazoda brought Matt Gazoda brought in as well. So um so you're right. I don't think I'm gonna take I'm not gonna take this team lightly. Also another goaltender for them, Evan Fitzpatrick. I think it's another playoff team as well, especially with the with the system. And I see where it is the parallels with Bridgeport. I don't want to play Charlotte in the first round. I don't want to play them at all. Hershey and Charlotte has not been very good for the better part of a decade. Yeah. I mean, we just finished that retrospective on the the 2010 Calder cup playoffs when the bears won. And, you know, that was the last year of the Albany river rats. And, you know, almost ever since then, Charlotte has just not been kind to the bears for whatever reason. They were the team that eliminated them the year after that in 2011, Uh, you know, 100 plus point bears team that year got swept. If I remember right. In Charlotte, you know, 2019 speaks for itself. We were fortunate to dodge them in the time in between there for sure. So, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, you don't want to get into a, a light tussle with them. Is that home ice has been for them, you know, 
down at Bojangles Coliseum has just been a house of horrors for the Bears for the last couple of seasons. Just don't want to have to deal with it if you don't have to. You know, just I, to me, I agree with you wholeheartedly that those top two spots for the Bears this season are going to be something to strive for, for sure. Definitely concerning Charlotte. I've been down there for uh, four games in Charlotte, and I've never seen a victory down there. I don't regret going. It's a great time down there. It really is, but um, I have never seen a victory down there in Mr. Bojangles Coliseum. So we move on. We go back up north on I-95, and we go to Hartford, Connecticut, as the Hartford Wolfpack this year, farm club of your New York Rangers. Um, Last year, they had a brutal collapse down the stretch. They were leading the division by February 3rd. They were leading the Atlantic and fall completely out of the playoff race by the end of April. That was going to happen before COVID, but um, it seemed like once that happened, the timeline kind of corrected itself as well. Sorry, not sorry, Hartford. So looking at Hartford's lineup uh, this year, there there was some uh, turnover they they had uh, uh, this year. Um, They had some some players coming in, Zach Jordan from the Cleveland Monsters, Luke Martin from Colorado, Blake Hillman from Toledo, and Ryan Ryan Lohin from the Charlotte Checkers as well. A few other college players here and there and some ECHL guys joining as well. But um, Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Showing your good side to the world has its rewards. When you become a plasma donor at Griffles, you'll help save lives and receive compensation for your time and effort. Up to $800 your first month. Use it for whatever you or your family may need now or in the future. You can donate plasma up to twice a week. And it's safe and simple at Griffles. Thousands of people are already doing it. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Uh, heading out the door, uh, Nick Malarkey going over overseas. Uh, Zach Barella going to Rochester. Michael Leary off to Iowa. Jeff Taylor to Adirondack. Pierre Centric Labrie, the other one, uh, went to uh, Syracuse as well. James Sanchez off to off to the uh, Iowa Heartlanders as well. Some contract extensions were given. Tanner Fritz coming back. Alex Whelan, uh, Zach, Zach Glutinieri, and Easton Brodzinski. The Brodzinski boys are back with Hartford as well. Um, Tim Gettinger, a really good Rangers prospect, stays with this team on the forward front along with C.J. Smith. I just don't know with Hartford. It seemed like, la- it, like, like this was a team that could have been robbed with COVID and everything as the Rangers were really reloading the, uh, the pipeline. But um, I just don't know with Hartford. I just don't know if I can trust them. Yeah. They're kind of a wild card right now. They got a lot of pieces in there. And, you know, like you said, I think it's truly a case of seeing which one, which is the real Hartford Wolfpack when they come out to start the season, because, you know, you have their, their collapse speaks for itself, you know, from first place to missing the playoffs entirely. Uh, you know, narrowly missing out on the, you know, worst record of the season, even to the lowly Lehigh Valley Phantoms at one point there towards the end. It was just, it was brutal, you know? So, you know, like I said, I have a lot of pieces. I'd be curious to see how proportionally with the New York Rangers, because, you know, the Rangers went far. They were at the conference finals and lost to Tampa Bay. You know, they're still probably feeling confident they can pull out, you know, a team that can compete for a Stanley cup here. I think, you know, the Rangers are an underrated team, I think in some ways still in that respect, but um, you know, they're going to be looking to load up and, you know, a lot of their recalls did hurt the Hartford Wolfpack at different points. 
So it's kind of, you know, it's going to be one of those cases where, you know, they're going to be trying to look, look out for themselves as well as feed a contending NHL team. And, you know, that's always the, the tough balance to achieve in the AHL. So my thought is that, you know, it's going to be a wait and see with Hartford is, you know, a lot of their pieces are there. I think the pieces that they lost while some were significant, not as nearly significant as it could be. Um, it just, you know, a matter of filling that pipeline as well as, you know, trying to, you know, establish themselves on their, you know, their own two feet in their own level there too, for sure. So I, I think Hartford's going to be a team to watch out for as kind of an X factor type of thing. Agreed, because the, the the past two full seasons they've had, the first half of their season was carried by goaltending. Um, when they had when they had Igor and Keith Kincaid getting off to a hot hot start, and then once that went away, a lot of things in their season just dropped off. Um, at that point, and they could have something like that as well as Louis Dalming will be between the pipes as well. The um, and Parker Gaganin. Okay. And two other Rangers prospects, Dylan Gennard and Ulf Lindbaum are your four between the pipes there for Hartford. I definitely agree with you. It feels like this is a team that is going to be a wild card. If they're good, great. If they fall off, if they don't have a good year, that's, I hate to say this to Hartford. Actually, I, I kind of don't. Um, um, Oh, well, you know, this is what happens in, in the American Hockey League. Yours, as, your ki- as the kids like to say, while the window is still open. So, moving on, we go to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yes! To the Hershey Bears, uh, who were coming off of a play-in round bounce to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton uh, Baby Penguins. Alex Nylander did it in the study with the lead pipe. And Hershey um, saw the retirement of Matt Molson, um, their veteran leader, heading heading off to uh, to be a scout for the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs, uh, Yon- as well as a few other names as well. Yannick Turcotte went to the Adirondack Thunder, and Eddie Whitko just last week signing with the Seattle Kraken slash Coachella Valley uh, Fireboids. Uh, tough to see Eddie go, but good for him on getting um, uh, going somewhere that is going to uh, need him as well. Uh, Tobias Geiser went back to Switzerland. Marquise Vela went overseas. Ryan Bernard went off to Wheeling. Drake Rimshot to Bakersfield as well. But the Bears um, did a lot of bringing uh, people in uh, as well. Uh, Bear Hughes uh, signed up from, from the minors. Aaron Ness, a big return signing. Sam Ennis, your big free agency signing. Logan Day, Alex Fortin, Ryan Scarfo from Rochester, Shane Gersich getting an extension, Mikhail Kim from Springfield, and Matthew Strom from Springfield. Lots of names, lots of new in Hershey, and it'll be interesting to see what the Bears do this season. Yeah, the... The biggest, you know, story for the Bears here is kind of reloading off of what was a, a tough second half of the season. You mentioned Matt Molson and, you know, a lot of the injury struggles. Brian Pinho was another player who departed over the summer who, you know, was, we missed him for most of last season. You know, he's a guy I wish mm-hmm. that, you know, would have would have brought back personally. But, you know, it's a lot of the same group. But, you know, getting some guys like the kids in here, you know, depending on who we get from Washington you know, hopefully we can get Vincent Iorio, Hendricks, LaPierre, you know, mm-hmm. some real top-end talent to complement the likes of the players you mentioned there. Aaron Ness is a huge pickup in my mind. Um, Sam Anas is going to be a huge one. Uh, just an absolute machine in terms of point production there. So, you know, it's it's going to be a lot of the same. You know, the tandem of Zach Fucale and Hunter Shepard will be tested, I think, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. That's going to be a thing to keep an eye on there. Um, we'll be missing the greatness of Phoenix Copley for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think the Bears have a a squad with a lot of potential. There's some untapped talent on there, but, you know, it's hopefully, uh, you know, there's more stability and hopefully there's, you know, some potential to be surprised there too. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. And, you know, deep roster where if injury and recall crops up again, 
you know, it'll be more equipped to handle it compared to a season ago where it was just ravaged by, by both of those things. Yeah. Especially with a lot of the, the, the signings and like, and we've got defensive depth for days as well. And that, that sort of concerns me a little bit now what seeing this, I mean, don't get me wrong. Aaron Ness, Bobby Nardella could be a good pairing as well. Dylan Mickle Rath will be a great, um, you know, a uh, veteran defenseman that they can do something with. But after that, Jake Messi, Logan Day could show some flashes with the Phantoms, but Kim or Benton Mass with elect, because we don't know how long Alexia is going to be out. So I think if there's any weakness, I think it might be on the back end with the Bears on defense a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, you know, the back end is definitely a position where, you know, there's definitely some unproven talent back there in the depth pool, as well as some that's, you know, not exactly gotten gotten off to the best footing in the AHL there in some ways. You know, Benton Mass is a kid that I think is, you know, one that I'm looking forward to seeing personally because, you know, haven't seen too much of him. He got into one game at the end of last season, but he's a kid who, you know, took his college team to the, you know, final game of the NCAA tournament. Scored a big goal in the semifinal there, which was pretty pretty neat to see when I was studying over the the summer there too. But you know he's he's solid. He's got some size. Um, you know I think like I said before, I think Vincent Iorio is kind of the the guy that I'm looking forward to watching back there. And it seems you know all but assured that he'll be in Hershey this season too. Uh, but like you said, you know the the talent kind of you know drops a little bit there afterwards. You know, it's not quite the solid six. I think Tobias Geiser departing and going back overseas um, is a big blow because he just had his best season yet. And there will be some question marks at the start of the season as to who or if Washington will keep one of Lucas Johansson or Gabriel Carlson up top there. That's kind of my area to watch out at the start there because, um, you know, both of them are about the same former first round draft picks, almost the same spot, believe it or not, too, in two different drafts, which is, uh, you know, an odd, odd uh, irony there as well. Um, but, you know, two guys that have very much have potential, you know, Johansson, I think, deserves it just for all the years he's worked and had a great season. Uh, both of those guys were getting looks in training camp as of this recording, um, you know. Washington tends to keep eight defensemen up there. Probably going to happen again. It's probably going to be one of those two. Um, but if some by some miracle they send two guys down, that helps to fill some of the depth there too. But Alexiev skating, at least in the informal sessions and some of those things that were going on earlier, you know, hopefully means he'll make a swift recovery. But a healthy Alexiev is most important of all, for sure. Agreed. So... So we've reached the halfway point of the division and halfway point of the podcast. So right now it's time to pay the bills. So we like to thank the sponsor of this podcast, Yeats Sunglasses at YeatsOfficial.com. It's fall, Bears fans, and it's time for you to get yourself a good pair of sunglasses. Now I know, again, it's getting darker sooner, but that doesn't mean that you don't need them in Yeats sunglasses is here for you with stylish sunglasses starting out at $35 as well. A couple friends who loved water sports decided to start their own own company and bam, Yeats Sunglasses was born. These are sleek and stylish sunglasses for you all with affordable prices starting out at $35 or if you want, they have a mystery pair at $25. Save yourself $10 and get a pair pair of sunglasses, that is. Not even they know which ones they are going to, sh- to ship you. And if you use our promo code HOCKEY, you will save 10% at discount on a great pair of sunglasses. They have a wide variety of style- styles in the Midnight Run, the Cheetahs, the Blue Rats, the Milky Ways, and my personal favorite, the Venoms, because it reminds me of Bret Hart's sunglasses. So get yourself a good pair of sunglasses, Bears fans, and looking good, even during hockey season. That's Yeats Official, all one word, dot com. Use promo code hockey to get 10% at checkout. That's yeatsofficial.com. Now with that out of the way, back to the action. So we're back at it as we go down I-78 to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms Farm Club of your Philadelphia Flyers. Man, 
Uh, it, no, I'm not going to turn it into here. Let's just say it's it's going to be a rough season for you, Corey, but I know you pretty much accepted that. Although I do like how they posted on their Twitter feed, you had a player laying in front of John Tortorella on the first day of practice. It was a beautiful mean picture. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. And, you know, the, the comment that always sticks out to me was, you know, somebody saying if you felt the Flyers had a bad off season and wanted them to, you know, have to not be punished for it, but, you know, deal with some stuff, you know, the skate is probably, you know, you live vicariously through the skate. And I have no doubt that John Tortorella is going to put them through their paces and, you know, make them more competitive. I definitely like what I've been seeing from camp so far. But like you said, it's just, Unless, you know, a couple of the kids come up there and really do something outstanding, it's going to be tough. And, you know, as we'll see with the fandoms here, they're probably going to be suffering the brunt of that as well. You know, especially with guys like Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis, you know, going to be out long term, most likely. Um, You know, it's already kind of off on a bad foot in regards to that specifically. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's it's not going to be pretty, but for the Phantoms, they do they do have some good players in, in in their lineup. I don't want to paint it all doom and gloom because there was there are some stuff there. Zane Wisdom, um, Matt, Max Wildman, Garrett Wilson's been a good veteran that's been a glorified pain in the butt. Um, Cal O'Reilly doing good work down there. Unfortunately, Linus and Dean, Alex uh, Isaac Radcliffe, Alex Kyle, Tanner Lazins, Tanner Lazinski, Ryan Fitz. Fitzgerald, uh, Jordy Belvari was brought over from Wilkes-Barre and Wade Allison, a criminally underrated player for the for the Phantoms. On the uh, the backside, there's a lot of signings, but a lot of youth as well. Colin Phoenix, uh, Linus Hogberg, just to name a few. Will Will McKinnon, uh, Garrett McFadden, Mason Willman. And Wyatt Wiley, keep an eye on him. I think the kid could really do something as well. But it seems like Lehigh, their big tent post this year is going to be a goaltending with Pat Nagel and Troy Grosnick, or as I've called him, Troy Glosserick, with Samuel Samuel, uh, Erkson probably going to get time in writing uh, this year. Um, On paper, I think Lehigh is, is half decent, but like you said, they could get plucked from Philadelphia at any moment and the talent could just drop right off. Yeah. That's, that's really where my concern lies for Lehigh Valley is they have a lot of players, like you said, that have a, a huge potential to be a pain in the butt to play against. And we saw that in past, you know, last season, especially where PPL center was kind of back to its old ways, except for really when the bears won at the end of the season there to clinch a playoff berth, the bears struggled up there, um, you know, over in PPL after a couple of, thankfully good seasons away from that trend, you know, they, they struggled there. So, you know, I think the Phantoms, you know, Cal O'Reilly, a lot of the guys you mentioned, you know, scored a lot of goals against the bears and, you know, really made it a house of horrors in a lot of way. And some of that's, you know, more on the bears with their roster situation, the way it was. And, you know, some of those things, you don't want to, you know, paint, you know, try to push it all off on that. But the biggest issue to me is that, you know, a lot of these guys will be going to Philadelphia probably in some way. I mean, they already talked about a willingness to play the kids and test the farm system out and do a lot of that side of things. So it's really going to be a tale of can the Phantoms deal with that? Oh, sit here. Thank you. Hey, I saw that. You gave up your seat for the woman with the oxygen tank. Always showing your good side. Know how else you could help her? Donate at Griffles Plasma because she also relies on plasma-based medicines. By donating at Griffles Plasma, you make it possible for patients to get where they're going in life. And that feels really good. Become a Griffles Plasma donor, and you can receive up to $800 this month. Find a center at grifflesplasma.com. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey, or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. And, you know, a lot of these players should be motivated with the Flyers roster open more than ever to get NHL spots to really earn it 
in a way they didn't do last season. Now I think a lot of the, you know, staff and all that is going to be there again. And, you know, can they improve, you know, essentially from within a little bit more than Philadelphia did? That's just going to be the main question I think to ask. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on, on that front. And the bears just received bad bounce after bad bounce after bad bounce and weird goals aplenty with, with the phantoms last year. I should know. I watched most of, if not all of it. Um, and, the and the schedule was very back laden with the phantoms as well, which was the worst time for the bears last year. So that's why things weren't the best there at PPL. There'll be a lot of weekday hockey at the Electrodrome. So get ready for that this season. But, um, I think the phantoms there to me, another wildcard team. I know there might be some other people who think they're just going to suck. And that potential is very much there. But I think the one-two at goaltending could be enough to to carry them through some close games. And if the talent stays there, I think they could be half decent. I think they could slip in in that number six six spot. Knowing our luck, the Bears will get number three, and we'll get three games against them. But um, but I think the Phantoms are a wild card team. I don't think they're as bad as people are going to make them out to be. Oh, I agree. But you know. By a mile. I mean, any team with Troy Grosnick, in my opinion, you know, has a shot to to do something. He's such a difference maker of a goaltender in so many ways. And that, that to me, you know, when I saw they signed him over the summer, I'm like, you know, he could even contend for a spot in Philadelphia if something happens to Carter Hart or Felix Sandstrom maybe isn't up to snuff. One of the two of them isn't, you know, watch out for him, honestly. And, you know, their, their team, the Flyers have so many good prospects that they've drafted that just kind of fizzled out. And, you know, haven't lived up to the expectations. You know, a lot of former first rounders. Isaac Ratcliffe is a guy that I think is, you know, one of the long developing players. He impressed me in a stint with the Flyers last year. Just a big body kid. Exactly what you want to have on your bottom six and see if you can even work up more from there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, like I said, they should be well motivated to try to make a, a good season in Lehigh Valley to try to get up to Philadelphia. You know, if you're not up there, you're going to be down there and, you know, Either spot, if you make enough noise, you should be able to contend for sure. Definitely. So we'll see out of the the orange ghosts out there in Allentown. So up next, we go due east to Providence, Rhode Island, and the no longer Dunkin' Donuts Center. No longer the Dunkin' Center. It got renamed after some insurance company, whatever. I've completely forgotten its name. And we're talking about the Providence Bruins Farm Club of your Boston Bruins as well. And uh, ooh, this is going to be a season for Providence. For the past couple of years, I've wanted to write them off as this is a year. This is a year where the Boston pipeline runs out. This is it. We're not going to have to worry about them. And every year they seem to make me eat my words come, come March. Last year, Providence was bounced in playing round by these Bridgeport Islanders. And um, this is going to be a very young forward lineup for them. When your oldest player is Vinny Leterrier at 27, we'll misses. Um, Samuel Allison comes back as well. John Beecher as well. Matt Philippe, Curtis Hall. Uh, Yona Kupakinen is there. Uh, Jakob Lako, um a Czech-born player is one uh, Boston has definitely had had their eye on as well. Jack Studnicka is still there for whatever reason, whatever ha- happened to him as well. Um, very, and I say this legitimately, very diverse lineup. Like Boston loved to go out there, go out and get their international talent as well. On the backside, they're just loaded with Captain jo- Joseph uh, uh, Didier, um, former Hershey Bear Connor Carrick is sticking around with this club. Michael Cullen is a prospect um, as well. Jacob Wilson, Nick Wolf. I did not even know that was a thing, and that's with two Fs, everyone. In case you're wondering it as well. But at goaltending, um, uh, Brandon Bussey, Kyle Kaser, but Keith can Keith Kincaid's with them, so there's some stability. I just don't know what this Providence team this year. I really don't know what this team's going to be. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Also, 
I did not know that about the Dunkin' Donuts Center being changed. That's sad. That's a huge loss to me. That's one of the better names in the league, I think. But anyhow, back on subject, I I don't know too much about it either. I mean, they have some, like you said, they have a lot of the pieces there. I mean, um, Didier, uh, Kincaid, those are two quality guys to have. Connor Carrick is another guy who, you know, I think has a, you know, somewhat mixed reputation, but is a good guy. We, you know, miss him yeah. here in Hershey, yeah. um, you know, but a good defenseman to have on your side for sure. There's a lot of good talent there, but like you said, you wonder when the talent out of Boston's going to run out and it feels like it's due to happen here sooner rather than later. And that, you know, they've been kind of at the point where they've been kind of making it happen in free agency. Some things have been going right for them where it hasn't been. And, you know, you just had to wonder to yourself, is this the season that they kind of get it back on track or is it the season where they kind of fall off? And it seems we've sort of hit the slope where it's kind of going down a little bit, you know, a little bit of a, you know, not to say anything bad about their season because they really only slid out of second place by a tiebreaker. If I remember right with Charlotte and the whole uh, difference in games played, and that probably yeah. could have been different. You know, it seems like it's kind of starting to fall down a little bit, but you know, they have a good, you know, much like Charlotte, they do a good job of putting it back together just as fast as it seemingly falls apart. So I'd put them in the wild card status there as well, where it's really going to take a few games. Depends on what Boston's going to, you know, need, of course, from them um, before it shakes out to a point where I'd feel comfortable saying where I think they're going to finish. Honestly, it's probably going to be middle of the road, middle of the pack, possibly. But, you know, like you said, anything's possible. You never know. Yeah, and these guys do this every year. For the past three full seasons, they've done this. They've started out slow. I think this is the year. They get their stuff together around the holidays, and then they go on this six-game winning streak or you know, 13 out of 15 games where they get points in every game, and bam, there they are near the top of the division. They pulled this every year. But I, I, I agree with what you said. I just you wonder when that pipeline's gonna gonna run out uh with them as as well and they keep finding talent they again they love their international talent and um it it sucks for me when i have to type out these names like this guy scored okay l a z o is that a mark above it o i q okay it just it, it makes it tough for people writing a score results to have to write down these names all all the time but We'll see with Providence. We will definitely see see with them. Um, up next, we go to your current reigning and defending. Shut up, phone. Eastern Conference champions in the Springfield uh, Thun- Thunderboids. Club of your St. Louis Blues. And, um, you know, this is what kind of happens when you go on a deep Calder Cup run. And uh, guys are going to go elsewhere. And that seems like what's definitely happened as well. They do, you know, Sam Ennis ended up leaving. Um, Nathan Walker, not sure if he's going to stay up with St. Louis or get sent back down to Springfield as well. That is kind of up in the air. But Hugh McGinn is still there with them. Nathan Todd as, um, as well. Anthony Angelo definitely with them. Captain Tommy Cross there on the back end with, Sneaky good Matt Kessel. I, I I'm and I'm being dead serious. Stop laughing, everyone. I'm being dead serious. Like he's he's been a uh been something really good good for them at, as well. But Sam Ennis moved on to uh to Hershey this year. And um sorry, just trying to get trying to get down. Um Matt Matthew Balmus went off to the Iowa Watt. Iowa Wild and Blake Christensen heading off to the Wooster Railers as well. They were able to bring in a uh, Brandon Guy. Wait a minute, checks notes. Brandon Guy. No, that that can't be his real name. Checks note. Nope, that's his real name. Brandon Guy. G U Y. Okay, and uh, Zach Booth Hiller from the Maine Mariners um, as well. So Corey. Is this a case of them uh, rebuilding or reloading? I think it's a reload more so than anything. I mean, there's some key pieces that have gone, you know, a couple of guys, you know, a couple of their big time scores left. Obviously you mentioned they still have Hugh McGing, 
and you know Sam and Os leaving. Mm-hmm. You know they can only really br- blame St. Louis for that one. Um, you let a score of his caliber go. That's kind of more on you than anything. I don't think we're going to see Nathan Walker in Springfield. Uh, much it's mainly just because I want to manifest him making the NHL. It seems like they're trying to carve a spot out for him. He's in a lot of their media pictures so far. Um, really hope he lands there just for the sake of us not having to probably get burned by him. I think they were lucky to avoid that in a couple of games last season. Um, but you know, I, I think it's a retool more than anything. I mean, the biggest questions for me lie in goal because you know, it's going to be the season of Joel Hofer as the, you know, starter with Charlie Lindgren coming to the light side and, you know, getting a deserved promotion to the Washington Capitals as their backup goaltender. Um, Hofer to me is an unknown quantity because he, you know, seemingly was the, you know, weaker goaltender of the tandem, but he absolutely turned it on for them in the playoffs. Who could forget him scoring a goal in the Calder Cup playoffs against Wilkes-Barre Scranton in the, you know, round two, you know, the mm-hmm. first full round, whichever yep. you want to call it. It's, it's still kind of, you know, it hits me strangely there. Um, you know, he, he stood up and did pretty well, you know, he wasn't in, you know, an issue like his stats may have depicted him to be, I don't think, um, you know, some other guys are gone. I don't believe James Neal is going to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to have to help me out on this. One of their top scorers left and went to, I believe it was the Carolina Hurricanes, and I'm blanking on who it is at the moment here. I I, I was checking um as well. Let me just bring this bring this up here. Um, da, 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 checks notes. Checking. I don't see anything as of right now. I I, I, I going off I'm of the of in reverse. That that that's a real possibility. Um, but I know Josh Levo signed over with St. Louis and that may be what I'm thinking of, but um, yeah. Cause there were a lot of parts with them. Um, you know, there were uh, of that. I know that took them as far of. as they did. I know who I'm thinking of it's Mackenzie mm-hmm. McEckern is the guy I'm thinking of who signed over with them. Okay. I believe if All I, right. if memory serves me right, I could be wrong about that. Possibly. I was just looking at a lineup and I think that's the name that stuck out for me is a, he couldn't beat yeah. him. So he joined him type of thing, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of guys. I think are going to come into their own this season. Nikita Alexandrov is on his sophomore season. They have a full season with Will Bitten. Both of those guys were just instrumental during the postseason. Uh, you know, key parts is parts of their run. Nathan Todd, I think had a great season. Um, they have a lot of guys that, you know, I'm, you know, some of the guys that left are big, like Dakota Joshua is a big one. Um, obviously, James Neal had some clutch yeah. goals. They retained Tommy Cross, who I think is a very much a difference maker. A lot of guys on NHL contracts and a lot of kids, I think, you know, a few kids that are coming in on their side of things that will look to kind of fill that void a bit. So I think they're going to be just as good maybe not quite as insanely good, but still probably just as good as, you know, a lot of their success, you know, you're not going to have a James Neal, a big time guy in an NHL contract drop into your lap for more than one season, I think. So I think it may not be as good, but I think they'll still be contending for one of those, you know, at least in the top three in my mind. Yeah. It seems like if nothing else, this team will just be fun to watch because they have a lot of talent there on the forwards, but I think their weakness is there at goaltender because, Joel Hoffner, it's your crease now, buddy boy. Go get him. It would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if some point during the season, and I'd keep an eye out on this, if Springfield tries to nab a veteran goaltender somewhere. Just keep an eye out there on, on that one because you're rolling you're rolling out there with two rookies. It, it's, it's, I'm not saying it can't be done. It can be. But um, I think some fans there would feel a bit better with a veteran there between the pipes as well. But Springfield, they're going to be a lot of fun. Should be fun times up there at Mass Mutual Center, and especially their banner rising night there on the 15th. So lastly, we go to the arena in the shadow of a mountain. We go to Mohegan Sun Arena there in Wilkes-Barre with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Now, is it penguins or baby penguins? Because I've heard it both ways. Do we call them the baby penguins or is it the penguins? I just call them. If you, if you're going to call them by their full name, I just call them the penguins. Shorthand is kind of me, baby penguins type of thing is if you say baby, everyone knows who you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I, I, I think, don't think we'll spare people like that. 
name so much, honestly. I wouldn't like it at least. I think they just call them the Penguins because they're pretty much carbon copies of, of their farm team. Farm team of your Pittsburgh Penguins as well, and they are more than happy to tell you that if you've ever visited w- Wilkes-Barre. Uh, last year, this team finished dead bleeping last. They sucked. They would tell you that. And this team, Actually, no. Where are my manners? I'm thinking of Lehigh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know. I, I'm, I'm hitting myself and in, in messing that up. Um, no, actually, this team beat Hershey, went on, and then got demolished by the Springfield, Thun- Springfield Thunderbirds. My apologies on, on that. I was thinking of the Phantoms. But um, Wilkes-Barre has been feeling the wrath. Uh, and to coin a term from you, uh, Corey, a team that pretty much sold the farm club to get back-to-back Stanley Cups out there in uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, the forward lineup, uh, yikes. Uh, they do have Jonathan Gruden there as well. Alex Nylander might stick around, but don't be surprised if Pittsburgh comes a calling with him. Kyle Olsen there as well. Jimmy Devane, Jordan Fran, uh, Francesca, and a lot of international talent they have signed there on the forwards. On the back end, Pierre Oliver-Joseph is still seething about staying in Wilkes-Barre, though he might get called up sooner rather than later. Xavier Aulette brought over from Le Rocket de Laval as well. And goaltending, oh boy, they have Tommy Napier, but Alex Diorio and Emmy Larmy have gone off to Europe and they ain't coming back because they know they're not getting any time out there in uh, in, in Pittsburgh. So uh, Wilkes-Barre, it could be a bit rough for them because they had a good amount of guys of leaving. Matt Barkowski went off to the Rangers. Clayton uh, Phillips down to the ECHL. Cam Lee, who they just fell in love with the past two years, has gone off to um, International. And Felix Robert, who was sneaky good for them, Went off to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um could be tough times down there in Wilkes-Barre. Yeah, Richard, you'll have to help me with this one. I, you're, you're more attuned with the Penguins as compared to myself. But it felt like the Penguins had one of the more drastic overhauls of players, not only just players leaving, but players coming in from within their system. It, it seems set that there's going to be a lot of younger guys that are going to be given a chance to take the reins. I mean, we obviously saw, um, you know, a couple of young guys take the, take the reins. Poulin is one that, you know, comes to mind yeah. immediately is kind of the, in my opinion, is going to be the guy it's, you know, sooner rather than later, of course. Um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Pierre Olivier Joseph, my biggest question is if we'll ever get to see Philip Lindbergh again in goal, because, you know, he was rookie of the month in October and then got hurt and just, he was gone. And, you know, you think yeah. to yourself, imagine if he hadn't gotten hurt and then Pittsburgh's goaltending situation shows up in the playoffs. Suddenly you have your stud yeah. top overall goaltending prospect jumping in the pipes there. And, you know, it would just be a totally different situation possibly too. But, um, you know, to me, it's that's kind of the situation. But I'm just curious because I feel like, you know, they're really handing off the reins to a younger group where there's going to be some of these guys that have – uh, a mild amount of seasoning um, down there, to be honest, but I just feel it's going to, you know, that's what kind of stuck out to me about their summer. Well, with the Penguins, um, I the one good thing that really happened with them was that first uh, Jim Rutherford got out um, and um, Ron, Ron Hextall was brought in and um, Flyers fans say what you want about him. He rebuilt that farm system with, with Lehigh and Redding. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And they kicked our butts for years. Yes, they did. They absolutely did. But I know Flyers Nation doesn't like him, but at the farm club, he kind of did. So I'm looking at the same thing might happen with Wilkes-Barre. I was thinking that once he sinks his claws into really drafting and scouting, I think he could get really good at now depending on some of his signings go this year. And if Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs this year, which is a real possibility, he could be fired because a lot of the contracts that were signed by the Penguins this year have his ink on it. 
especially all of the veterans sticking around. So a lot of guys are going to be fighting for maybe bottom six spots there with, uh, with Pittsburgh and on the defense, who knows as well. So it just, it feels like a lot of these guys are just, you know, fighting for time that they might not get. Yeah. And that's kind of what stuck out to me too, is that, you know, there's still the potential to earn jobs in Pittsburgh, you know, not too, too much just because, you know, if there's anything that, you know, Pittsburgh is historically good at doing is, you know, they're filled their lineup to the degree where a young kid can jump in and get a shot. But the other thing is that their prospect system, you know, despite the back-to-back cups, despite, you know, so much of it has stayed pretty steadily good, at least in terms of providing Pittsburgh with a good player, maybe not necessarily Wilkes-Barre with a good team though. That's always kind of been the struggle. And, I, yeah. I worry a little bit about them because it seemed like they really had something good going in the second half of the season where if you bring back the majority of that core group, which have seemingly departed, you know, you got guys like Jordy Bellarive is a big one. Anthony Angelo is a big one who I believe departed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, to um, the team that we just talked about with Springfield. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I get him and Bellarive mixed up. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's a lot of times there. Um, you know, Cam Lee, just some of the guys with a lot of talent and on their resume who I and Felix Robert is another one, of course, you know, who made a big difference last season. And, you know, when they really got rolling, they got rolling. But now it sort of seems like it's like, OK, well, you know, Sam Pullen, have fun down there. You're, you know, kind of taking the reins here in a big way. And, you know, suddenly there's just kind of this this void here that I don't know that they really did uh, a big job of reproducing or recreating in any way outside of saying, Hey, here's some new guys that we think you're going to do really well. And I, I don't know all their names off the top of my head Yeah, who I'm thinking of. It's been a little bit since I studied their system there. That's not coming to my mind, but you know, it seems like that's where it's being left at. And that's just kind of, you know, has me worried that the bottom could collapse out from them kind of fast, if, especially if, you know, some, you know, Philip Lindbergh struggles and there's some issues there. So, I'm optimistic because I think they have, you know, they've done a great job with it before and they can do a great job again, but there's just potential there that it could go wrong very fast too. Yeah. It's just that it's just potential. Um, It seems like um, you opened up a toy chest, dumped out all the toys and went, all right, have fun. Even though there's not a lot there. And one thing that, that, that helped Wilkes-Barre last year was getting past the taxi squad and COVID, all that stuff, because um, like a lot of teams, rosters were ravaged because of taxi squads, COVID, and a lot of injuries last year. And then once they finally got guys back, once rosters were had time to actually deal and get together, uh, that's when Wilkes-Barre was half decent and came at a good time for them, but a bad time for us as well. Um, the fan base has fallen in love with, with Thomas Napier, Good on him. Have fun. But you better hope he does something because the guys behind him, there's not much behind him. There's not much in the pipeline or anything unless you have a bunch of out-of-nowhere seasons from a lot of these guys. So um, so I think with Wilkes-Barre, I, I don't think they make the playoffs at all. I just I can't see it with this team. And just you're right. I think this is just where the bottom falls out. There's too much new um Tommy Napier will keep them in it but there's just there's there's not enough there there and too many good teams in this division yeah that's I I would be a little more bold than that I would say that they're probably you know I like their how their coaching staff has come around here it seemed like it took a little bit for it to get going but it seems like they have a you know a solid basis at least in that respect but I agree with you you know you mentioned the COVID situation impacted them hard and, you know, made them, you know, struggle a bit there in those couple of months period of time. And, you know, that has the potential to happen. And, you know, if it does, it's, you, you worry about where it's going to go from there. If, you know, it just seems fragile is probably the right way. If it's good and it stays steady, you know, they could be a problem. They could sneak in again. I think the, you know, six seed out of eight division, you know, Will they be one of those two teams? I think they'll make it. I think they'll make it in one of those bottom two spots, possibly more than anything. But, um, you know, I think they have a chance to be surprising, but the odds are seemingly stacked against them from, you know, what was a 
in my opinion, a pretty good group they had last season too, for sure. All right. So that, that covers all of the Atlantic that we've gone down. So before we head out the door, Corey, going to put you on the spot. Give me your, give me your top two and the two teams that don't make it. Oh, off the bat. Well, I'm going to say Hershey is going to be one of the top two for sure. I like what they've Dang. done this summer. Um, Got to be a little bit of a homer in some ways there because I'm, I've been very thrilled with what they've done here um, mm-hmm. recently. I'm going to give it to Springfield on the other spot. I think that they're, they did a pretty good job of reloading. Losing some of those guys will take some of their teeth out in a sense compared to a season ago. But, um, you know, they'll be competitive. As for teams that won't make it, I'm going to probably say Lehigh Valley is probably going to be one of them. I'm sorry. It's just I don't have yeah. too many reasons for optimism from top to bottom there. As a Flyers fan, I'd like to be wrong about that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm going to say I'm going to give the other bottom spot to to Bridgeport. I think they haven't okay. done enough. I think that they've struggled in the past here. You know, them making it was just barely because Hartford was so bad. If Hartford continues to be so bad, you know, they'll. I think it's going to be an inverse of last year where Bridgeport's narrowly going to miss and Hartford's narrowly going to make. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just haven't seen enough out of either of those two teams in terms of changes to say that one of them is going to be just so remarkably better, you know? So that that's how I'm going to give it to for now. I think mine are. I'm going to go with Hershey being one of them. I think this is a comeback year for them and a, a consistent year out of a lot of these teams. I think they could be good. Um, and I hate I, I hate first degree, but I, I can't outrule Springfield. I can't. I think there's just too much talent on that roster. And it's. I think Joe Hofner could take that next step to being a good goaltender. I think if they do go out and get a veteran goaltender to shore that up, I, I think they were – they have a real chance of challenging number one as well. As part of the two teams that don't make it, I'm going to go safe and I'm going to go with both PA teams. I'm going to say it's Wilkes and Lehigh that don't make it. Lehigh, there's just, you know, I I don't think there's enough there. I think there's too much organization turmoil um, to be able to really bring all this together in a way that it should. Um, I don't, I, I don't like their head coach. Um, like who they use, they used to have how Scott, I think Scott Gordon really brought them together, even through a lot of bad years. And I just don't think that this current, it's not the player's fault if they're going to be bad. I think it's more organizational things. And Wilkes-Barre, I just think the bottom's dropped out and the pipeline is completely dry with, with between Wilkes-Barre and Pittsburgh as well. Could they get in? Sure. In a bloated system, you can. Um, I wouldn't rule out Hartford possibly falling out this year um, at, um, as well, since their goaltending prospects aren't the best. Uh, but if I'm putting myself on the spot right now, I'm saying Wilkes-Barre and Lehigh, I think it's the two PA teams that don't get in. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting with the expanded field because it really gives a team a chance to, to make it when, you know, like kind of like what we saw last year, maybe they didn't have the best season. Maybe they didn't deserve it, but you know, I, I feel like you kind of saw, after that first round, who the teams were that are the top dogs and who the not top dogs are. There wasn't, you know, a lot of, you know, discrepancy between those teams after that point. There was a lot of short series that were quick. You know, I don't believe any teams advanced past that first round, proverbial second round type of thing. Officially second round, I should say. But I think it is interesting because I do believe with what you said with Wilkes-Barre, you know, could they be one of those bubble teams? I, I think there's a strong possibility. I just don't know enough yet with them, to be honest with you. I don't like writing off Wilkes-Barre ever because, you know, kind of did that to a degree last season. And, you know, they pulled it around and were able to, you know, really turn it around. Um, I think it's an important year. You kind of alluded to it for Ian LaPerriere behind the bench in uh, Lehigh Valley. Yeah. You know, former flyer. He's beloved, you know. He's a, he's the guy who throws through his puck his face in front of a puck during the playoffs the year they went to the finals. You mm-hmm. know, lots to love with him, but you know, will the organization, you know, how long is the leash going to be for him this year? You yeah. know, and it, you know, this last season you kind of throw a mulligan towards it in a sense, but you know, this year I feel like it's it's got to turn around. And they can't they got to defy our expectations here and make something of it, but it's going to be hard. It's such a stacked division, so it's hard to say. 
Yep, and we'll make the we make these predictions on September 26th, which will become horribly inaccurate by Christmas time. So, Corey, thank you, brother, for joining me. As always, man, always fun to bring you on. It's going to get busy for you and me as we get closer to the season. So, um, you know, tell people about what, what you're working on. The board is thine, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me over on at HBH Nation blog on Twitter or at FPH Bears or my personal at CSW11. I balance all three like a checkbook. So um, there we're just doing season previews. A lot of stuff is coming out on both the Bears Nation blog and which we post every Tuesday and Friday, as well as on Field Pass for everything else. So very excited to get the coverage going and, you know, just be knee deep in hockey, honestly. So I'm ready for it. I think we both are. I think we definitely both are. It's good to do this podcast and get back into it uh, uh, as well. And that'll do it for the Grit and Barrett podcast this week as we did this big, long podcast talking about the entire division. It's eight teams, but it's a lot to get through um, as well. So thank you, Corey, for joining me. And we have Capitals preseason hockey underway. We will cover it cover it as well. We'll get some recaps going here on the podcast next week next week and start to get back into the swing of things and hopefully and well not hopefully we'll start seeing some ice going on there at giant center but bears nation we'll catch you next time we're getting closer to seeing you all at giant center thank you for listening to this belly up sports podcast network product some said we go belly up so we made it our name and we're still here Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 